not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. If you're watching this and you're only interested in hearing Mike and I talk about political stuff or the stuff going on in the news, you should probably fast forward about 20 minutes because we talk about comedy and, and a few other things. We talk about some we talk about drug stories and some other things. So if you don't want to hear us talk about any of that shit, go ahead and fast forward 20 minutes. Otherwise, um, we think that's pretty entertaining, too. So check out the whole thing. God bless all of you. And if you hate politics and only want to hear us talk about comedy and drugs, then you're going to want to press the stop button about 20 minutes in. <laughs> and thanks, all of you, for tuning in, whatever your reasons may be. All right. Now let's start the show. <laughs> Good job. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast, episode 42, formerly known as Nonsense. Uh, my good buddy, Mike Baldwin. How you doing, Mike? I'm fantastic. How's everything going? It's going all right. Um, we have a lot to talk about, as always, mainly about uh, how corrupt Joe Biden is. Um, if you guys have not tuned into this podcast before, we believe that the election was stolen and that Trump is trying to expose the deep state for what they are and that our country has been compromised for a long time. And that's what we believe on this podcast. And, uh, you know, it, it, every all indications point to the fact that we're probably right. And the fact that nobody is watching mainstream media is also a very good indication that the country is slowly waking up to it. Um, Although I do get a little disappointed with people um, that don't know or just think it's politics as usual and that kind of thing. But I think people are waking up to it as evidenced by the primetime news last night. CNN had five between eight and 11 last night. The ratings were um, CNN had five hundred sixty nine thousand people watching. Fox News had one point seven three million. MSNBC had one point eight six million. And the first episode of Tucker Carlson on Twitter so far has 63 million. And that was last night. It's up to it's up over 70 from what I understand now. I think it's um, over 80. It might be near 100. But one thing to point out on that is that Nielsen ratings are different than Twitter views. You know, like Nielsen ratings count people who watch. I don't know if it's the whole show, but at least a significant amount of whatever show they're watching. Whereas Twitter views are like, if you just scroll past it and stop on it for like two seconds, that'll count as a view. So people have been saying like, it says like 80 million on there. That's at least 20 million people who have actually watched it. It's still ridiculous numbers, but yeah. that's not necessarily 80 million people that sat and watched the entire 10 minute thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it today, and it was pretty interesting. Um, before we get into all that, we should talk a little bit about the fact that you just filmed your special, and uh, I wanted to, you know, you've told me privately how it went, but uh, tell the people, Mike, how did it go, buddy? It went uh, pretty good, I think. Like, I we did two shows. <laughs> I did uh, 
like 50 minutes the first show and i did most of the stuff that i had planned on doing and it all went pretty well so i like i repeated some of it the second show like for people that don't know about comedy it's basically just the same thing night after night with a few things changed here and there but like we write a, a set list we have a set jokes that go in a particular order because they we know that they work as a certain way you know so anyway so i did most of that like planned set the first set and the guys that were recording and the sound guy was like we got it like you don't need to do any of that again unless you just want to you know and i usually open with the same few minutes and close with the same few minutes but i was just sort of winging it for a little while during the second show and like pulling out my notes and stuff like I, normally when i'm on stage i'll just straight up read from my phone if i'm practicing stuff but i didn't want to be on the special reading from my phone so i would pull out my phone look at a thing sort of chuckle at it everybody would laugh at me chuckling at a thing that they don't even know you know and then i would put my phone back in my pocket and like say a joke like i just had the idea or whatever so I probably did like 20 jokes that way. And I'm hoping that we can pepper enough of those in to the real special to make it all look like one natural show with like all of this shit that I want to put in there. You know, did you do any Trump coronavirus stuff or any of that? Nope, I didn't. I decided not to like the coronavirus stuff is pretty. I don't want to say dated, but just like most people are just like, dude, come on. I just didn't want to offend anybody. If that makes sense. Like I didn't yeah. come out and be like, give it up for pride month or anything like that. Like I didn't lean that direction to not offend people, but I just did shit that wasn't political and wasn't uh controversial or anything like that. I mean, I guess I did like some suicide jokes and stuff like that. So I can't say I didn't do anything controversial, but even the camera guy was like, I don't know if we're going to put that in there because that didn't like it. You'll just get deleted if you post anything about that on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, which sucks because it all was funny. But anyway, yeah, no, I the only politics stuff I did was about uh, how I think it should be like jury duty. Like uh I'm not going to do the joke, but basically it's just like, Hey, you're Senator now for a year. And you're like, fuck, like, I don't want to be Senator. I got stuff to do. Uh, so I did a bit about that. And then I did, uh, some stuff about potholes or whatever, like ends and legal marijuana. Like that's the only politics stuff I went into. I didn't yeah. do any Trump shit, any Biden shit, none of that. So I was kind of mad at myself at first, but the more I think about it, it's like, I want this to have the chance to get out there for, for everybody, you know, and I don't want it to be, I want it to be relevant f 10 years from now, you know? Yeah. Well, once you get a following too, then, you know, that gives you more of a carte blanche or whatever you want to say to talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know, um, in in the future so right i think that's probably a good idea you know i, I made the decision the other night that i'm gonna start i want to start doing a lot more crowd work again you know like i i kind of got in this mode where i was 
thinking people thought that was hacky or whatever. But then I realized like, you're just listening to other comedians who aren't very good at crowd work, talk shit on crowd work. And I'm actually pretty good at it. So I'm just going to start doing it more often because I hate trying to write jokes anymore anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're definitely good at crowd work. Like you've been posting videos the last few weeks and, and yeah, some of them, I mean, some of them I'm just a comedian about and I'm like, yep, that's funny. Like that's, that is a humorous thing that he said, but some yeah. of them have legit made me like bust up laughing and you're definitely more gutsy than me when it comes to like talking to the audience. Like, if an audience member talks to me and I obviously I look at them first, I assess who it is that I'm talking to. Like you jump right to the most controversial thing that a person would say about them. You're just like, you're a black lady, huh? And I'm just like, Oh God, he called, <laughs> but the black lady's always like, you damn right. I am. And you fucking play off. It's so good. And you had one the other day where you're like, what's that tattoo on your tits right there? And I'm just like, God, <laughs> like I would never say that to somebody in the front row. I remember seeing, I forget who it was, some comedian, but there was just a big fat lady in the front row. And he was just like, you a big bitch, ain't you? <laughs> and the girl was just like, yeah, I am like shaking her flabby arm. And I'm like, Oh, like what if she didn't think that about herself? Like you just hurt that person's feelings so bad yeah <laughs> but yeah that's it's all compliments about you like you you just do you have a talent of just saying the perfect like edgy thing that still gets laughs i like it yeah i try not to be like mean about it or anything kaufman was telling me i needed to be an insult comedian i'm like no i don't really feel comfortable just flat out insulting people um He's like, yeah. well, you're good at it. I'm like, well, I don't try to do that. Like if someone is a total bitch or something, then it right. was really easy when I was drinking. That's the only th that's the only time I miss drinking is how good I was at crowd work when I was drinking and just making shit up off the top of my head. I mean, it's not worth ruining my life over, but um, and maybe I wasn't as good as I thought either. Maybe I was just drunk and it just seemed <laughs> right. And you're like, they <laughs> loved it. Yeah, I remember I was. Uh... I don't know which open mic it was, but I hadn't been doing it very long, but I said a joke and a dude was just like, hmm. and in my mind, I was like, like I could even hear it in the recording. And I was like, well, that counts. That's a laugh right there. <laughs> like it's, and I feel like drunk us is the same way about like, man, they loved it. But then you go back and listen to the recording and people are just like, hey, eh. yeah. Well, when I was first starting out and I did not have like Elliot three got me headliner gigs at these one nighters like six months into it. Um, and I only had like maybe 20 minutes of decent shit and probably not even that looking back on it. But I would just get drunk and do like over an hour. And <laughs> sometimes I would do like uh, where they call you back on the stage. I always forget what that's called. Um, Encore. Yeah, people would have me come back for an encore and I'd like pass around a hat and get tips and shit. I remember doing stuff like that. Um, so it was obviously pretty decent. But Patrice O'Neill actually told me once at the uh, improv in Houston, he was like talking about how he got drunk one time and went on stage and was just brilliant. And but then later on, he was like, I've got to figure out how to do that without doing this, you know. Um, which made a lot of sense to me because 
I understood it completely because that's exactly what I used to do is just get drunk and like make this magic happen. But I'm like, well, if I continue to do that, I'll be dead at 35, <laughs> you know, just doing shots and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do miss it. Like I'm doing this open mic tonight and uh, it would be nice to have a few cocktails before that. But again, it's not worth running my life over. Yeah, some people just, I mean, I'm the same way with like cocaine or whatever. Like I have friends who will just do a little cocaine like once every six months. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do it, you know, but I can't. Like if I do cocaine once, then I'm doing cocaine every day until I don't have any more cocaine or money or things to trade for cocaine. So I know I'm just better off. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a little. Let's it's Friday. Let's have fun. Like, I can't do that. My brain doesn't work that way. And I'm the same with alcohol. Like, I wish that I could just have a drink because I've had nights like that where I just have one drink and do the show and have a good old time and then drive home safely and everything's fine. But too many nights have just led to, you know, 11 drinks and then still driving home and then waking up the next morning and walking out and seeing like my passenger door open. And I'm just like, how did, did I do that? Or did somebody do that in the night? Or I don't know, just close it. Everything seems to be here. Like, did I yeah. crawl out of my passenger seat? Did I think that was easier? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that a little bit the other day, but I, there were times where I would wake up and be like, how did I get home last night? Like, I remember being in high school and asking a friend, how did we get home last night? And he goes, you drove, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Thank God that God protected me because I should be dead by now. But yeah, no, we yeah. did. We did lots of stupid stuff. A lot of it was alcohol related and a lot of it was just high school, early 20s stupidity, you know? Where it's yeah. like, hey, we're getting ready to go over this blind hill, like no way to see if anybody's coming. I dare you to drive in the left lane the whole time. And I just be like, fuck, who cares, man? And then just by the grace of God, there wasn't a car flying at us over the hill, you know? Yeah. Have you, did, does, so does that mean you have done coke or you've never done it because you know it'd be a problem for you? Oh, I've done it and it was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I went through... A, phases of different drugs from like the age of 14 when i was like 14 i smoked weed and stuff and then the very next thing that i tried was uh i was on the football team and one of my friends on the football team was like you know what would really help you like focus and play football better is uh methamphetamine and i was like yeah let's try it you know cut to like six months later and i'm just like doing meth every day basically luckily my parents found out and grounded me and i was still young enough that a good grounding was all i really needed like it was the it, i got caught on the monday of spring break and my parents wouldn't let me leave the house for all of spring break so it was like three days of just sick detox followed by like four days of just eating so much food because I just hadn't eaten much in the last six months, you know, and uh, yeah, just eating and then going back to school and just being like, I'm never doing that again. And yeah. I stopped hanging out with all those people. And then I got a whole new group of friends because they were like, hey, man, I heard you qu quit being a fucking idiot 
finally. So we're having a party or whatever. And then I started hanging out with all the guys that I'm like friends with to this day. We started going camping and stuff. And it was kind of dumb because we just went and got trashed and smoked weed together. So I was just like, man, I'm glad I'm not a drug addict anymore. Like hand me that bottle and hand me that joint. But yeah, yeah, well, meth is some pretty gross shit. Like any one ingredient in meth will like kill you on its own, but somehow combined together, it makes this drug. And you're like, I don't know how that works, but you know, yeah, I was, I, I grew up in what was once the uh, methamphetamine capital of America or the world or something. And I don't even know if that was true, but, uh, but we used to brag about it all the time, like fucking meth capital, dude. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it was it's addictive for a reason. I joke about it on stage about heroin and crack and shit like people don't smoke crack and be like, man, it's fine. Yeah, people smoke crack and they're like, fuck, like I figured it out, man. I figured out happiness. Yeah, well, our buddy Craig Tonkinson, who's passed now, so I can talk to talk about it. Plus, I I bet his parents probably know, but he, he got into crack and shit for a little while and i was like dude what are you doing you've seen the documentaries like you know the people without the teeth and shit and you're still trying it and he's like it'll be all right i'm like uh. it'll be all right yeah, the, yeah. I, I didn't talk to that guy for like a year and a half because he stole my drink at a bar we were at an open mic once and i had a full drink sitting on the bar and i turned around to talk to some girl and i turned back and it was gone and i looked over and tonkinson has a drink in his hands and i was like is that mine and he was like no it's mine and the bartender's like it wasn't his he fucking took it off your coaster right there and i was like jesus christ dude you're just stealing drinks when i'm not looking and he's like ah it's fine <laughs> and i'm like no it's not you can't just have my drink you owe me like you have to buy me another one and he was like i don't have any money and i was like jesus dude yeah and that was like two years before he died so i yeah. was like you know like you're not heading in a good direction buddy but yeah i tried to talk to him but he's gone now and he got murdered one night in kansas city and for the people who don't know but he was a good dude he just uh just made some obviously big mistakes and now he's gone. But I never really, I, I, I did Coke a handful of times and I didn't really enjoy it any of the times I did it, fortunately. Um, but I can't imagine like in the eighties comics always did it and went on stage and shit. And I get nervous enough. I can't imagine doing cocaine. I'd probably just have a fucking, I just probably stroke out right there on stage. And be, uh -huh. But yeah. like all the audience and stuff was on cocaine too. So yeah back in the 80s i mean not all of them but enough and yeah i right. worked at during my uh, after the meth phase and then i didn't do anything for years except smoke weed and drink but uh then i got into the coke phase in my like early 20s when i started working at stanford and sons which was our local comedy club and everybody there did coke and including the owner of the establishment who it was uh rumored that he not only did a bunch of coke but like sold a bunch of coke and i don't know if that was ever true or what but you could walk into any bathroom stall and wipe your finger across the top of the toilet paper dispenser and get like a line worth of coke that's how much coke people were doing there they would just dump it out on the toilet paper dispenser chop it up sloppily like snort it up and then run back to work so there was always a little bit if you if you didn't have any, then you could go into any bathroom and just find a little bit enough to get you through. But yeah, like after 
the meth thing, I came to my own conclusion with Coke. Like I'm going down the same road again. So I was like, I quit. I'm not doing it anymore. And I just stopped and I haven't done it since. What a gross thing to just be doing blow off the back of a toilet. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it was nasty for sure, but you know, that's yeah. addiction for you. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Um, well, last thing about toilets is it always amazes me too. When I see like gang graffiti on toilet, like lids, I'm like, somebody just sat there and scratched all this stuff into, <laughs> into some place where so many butts have been, you know, just shitting. Just, uh, I can't imagine that must be like some sort of gang initiation. Like, uh, you gotta tag all the toilets. I don't know. Yeah, you got to go into the bathroom and find the shittiest stall, and you have to tag that one, and you uh, can't flush. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get like, it. Is this what gangs are now? I thought we were going <laughs> to go beat up a guy. It's like, no, go into the shitty bathroom. Yeah. All right, well, we've got plenty of stuff that we can uh, choose from so we can put up that they Yeah, we need to put a little disclaimer at the beginning that's like, if you want to skip all of our dumb bullshit, go to minute 19 when we start getting into the news. Yeah, 20 minutes into it, we start talking about politics. So I I will put something on there. Like, if if you don't like hearing us talk about stuff that's not politically or news related, then then Skip fast to forward to 20, 20 minutes. minutes exactly yeah yeah so the stuff that's going on now is uh <laughs> from years ago some people might remember there was a video of biden being like uh if you don't fire the prosecutor you're not getting the billion dollars well son of a bitch he got fired so mm-hmm. that is sort of related to all the stuff that's going on right now apparently There's an FBI whistleblower, a guy who worked for the FBI as a confidential human source, had been paid six figures over the years by the FBI because of how honest and good he was and how the things that he told them led to prosecutions and whatnot. And we don't know the guy's name because he's a whistleblower. So we're keeping it quiet Uh, or they are, you know. And so that guy came out and said, there's a Ukrainian gas company called Burisma and Hunter Biden got a job there years ago and Burisma was already in a little bit of trouble before Hunter got a job there. So they're trying to work out this trouble and get to stay a company basically. And so somebody decides that it's a good idea for Hunter Biden to get put on the board. And around the same time, Joe Biden through multiple secret banks and different accounts and stuff like that gets $5 million from these people. Uh, So that's what this whistleblower thing is about. This guy's saying, no, I was there with the owner of Burisma. I was around the Bidens, like all of this shit. They bribed him. Like they, they gave Hunter Biden $5 million and they gave Joe Biden $5 million and many other, uh biden family members though that's not in this particular memo it's just the two of them um so we've got some videos of uh you know people talking about that so they'll tell it in better detail i'm trying to think who's the best one to start with uh this these guys are well okay first let's explain a little more so uh like two or three weeks ago 
Congress people started saying, like, we believe that there's this whistleblower and there's this document that proves the things that this whistleblower is saying. The FBI has this document or memo or whatever it is. The FBI is like, no, we don't. It doesn't exist. We don't even have it. And that was a few weeks ago. Finally, in the last week or so, the FBI started saying, okay, it does exist, but it's sensitive. You know, it's not classified, but it's not something that we just want to release to the public. So we'll show you and you couple guys who lead this committee or whatever. And so then as of this morning, they've shown everybody that's on whatever committee it is. And I don't remember. I think they say it in one of these videos, but it's like the, you know, judicial people looking into crimes and shit. I can't think of the word right now, but so that was just this morning though. So here's these guys yesterday. This is still poignant, but this is before the FBI agreed to give it to them. Let's listen to that. Remember where we are, Jesse, two weeks ago and Senator Grassley will testify to this. The FBI wouldn't even admit that this document existed. And now not only are they admitting the document existed, they've allowed me to go in and look at a redacted version and they're allowing, uh, they're offering uh, right now temporarily agreement here to let committee members go in and, and look at the, the document. But Jamie Raskin's in the, his friends at the Washington Post and, and at CNN, you know, they've gone out and tried to discredit this document. They've tried to discredit the whistleblower. They've tried to say it had something to do with Rudy Giuliani and it did not have anything to, Juli to do with Giuliani. You said in your monologue that Raskin said that this case had been closed. It has never been closed. But here's what I believe, Jesse. I don't believe that anyone's ever investigated this. Yeah. This is the whole problem that Senator Grassley has had from day one. No one has investigated this. Now I can assure the American people the House Oversight Committee is investigating this. We will use our subpoena power to trace every bank account that could potentially been, have been involved in this money laundering scheme. Uh, we believe that there's some reason that Biden family members are getting money all across the world. And we believe that this document is consistent with, with what we've seen in Romania and China and other countries around the world. That's why it's important to us. So, Congressman, if the document's been in Delaware with the prosecutor for a couple of years, what's been going on in Delaware? I don't know. That's a great question. I suspect nothing. I just wonder if the prosecutor in Delaware even knew about the shell companies and all the bank accounts and all the money laundering that the Bidens were doing with the money they were receiving from our adversaries around the world. For all we know and all that's been reported is the special prosecutor was only looking at tax evasion for a couple of years and lying on a gun application. If you're going to investigate the Biden family, you have to investigate not just tax evasion, but money laundering and racketeering and being an unregistered foreign agent and bribery. So, right. you know, I I think we're producing information that's actually helping the U.S. attorney in Delaware and helping the special counsel that's investigating Joe Biden for mishandling classified documents. Right. All right. So now we're <clears throat> caught up on that a little bit, at least what was going on yesterday. So then this morning they released it. I'm going to let uh, Lauren Boebert talk about it first. She wraps it up kind of nicely. Marjorie Taylor Greene said some stuff about it too, but she talked for like six minutes, so we're yeah. going to do this one first. Uh, play. Where did you just come from? What did you see? Yes, so I just came from uh, one of our skiffs um, to view uh, the uh, 1023 documents from the FBI. Now, this is an FBI source 
um, that provided this information to the FBI just a couple of weeks ago. The FBI denied that this document even existed. And Chairman Jamie Comer pressed them on that and said, we, we, we know that this is here. We want to see it. And uh, when Director Christopher Ray failed to produce those documents, um, he was threatened to be held in contempt of Congress. We were supposed to be having a markup today to hold him in uh, contempt so we could put that on the House floor to vote for it. Uh, but he said, hey, how about we let all committee members see this document? And then uh, there's actually more documents uh, that relate to this as well that we will also let you view. But Benny, that's not enough. After seeing these documents, the American people need to see what is in here. These are not classified, um, but obviously uh, they are secure right now. And the information is so damning, not just to Hunter Biden, but to Joe Biden, the big guy. Uh, and that is quoted in the documents. Um, we see the uh, $5 million bribery exchange. Um, obviously, everyone has, um, has viewed the public story um, that went out when President Trump was in office, um, showing Joe Biden uh, threatening uh, shocking and uh, saying that this guy is corrupt and he wants him removed and uh, some, some information about bribery taking place in that. Um, and then we're seeing that there was um, a coerced payment, a forced payment made um, in, in the sum of, uh, of at least $5 million. And it, it, not even for just one Biden, but also if you pay one Biden $5 million, well, you got to pay another Biden $5 million. This is corruption. The American people need to see these documents. And I will continue every day to demand that these documents be released or we will hold Christopher Ray in contempt of Congress. He is paid by the taxpayers and they deserve to see what's, what the president of the United States or the resident uh, rather is, is involved in. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So, but also, this is, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, it, it's just so fucking corrupt, man. It's so, it's so disgusting how gross the Bidens are. Go ahead. Well, you're gonna say. I, what I find interesting is that <clears throat> you're not seeing the famous Congress people come out and, t and say anything about this. You're seeing the fucking crazy ones, you know, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor green and that kind of stuff. And the point is like, None of the mainstream news is going to be talking about this. They're talking about Trump getting indicted for fucking classified documents, which he's like the president. So he can declassify anything. He can just pick up a, a classified folder and be like, hey, who wants to look at this? And the moment he opens it, it becomes declassified because he's the main guy in charge of that. Like people say, like, no, he has to ask the the FBI or whatever. And like Trump is or was at least the lead executive branch guy. The FBI is under the president. So president has more powers of declassification than some board in the FBI or whatever, or the the National Archives or any of that shit. Like there's the point is they have nothing to charge him with. They're going to charge him with like taking some document or like espionage or whatever. And it's, it's all going to fall flat. I think so. it's so, it's so like everything else. It's nothing that they're actually going to get him on. It, it's just more, it's just more them trying to discredit him for the American public, which I feel like that ship has sailed. Like people aren't buying it anymore. At least not enough people. Um, 
but know. there's still plenty of people. I mean, there's that's that leads into this video nicely. If I can find it, where's the guy? This guy. What do you hate about Trump or Biden? Biden all the way. Biden? Why? Uh, because he's for the people, especially I'm black. So he's for black people and he's Democrat. So you don't think that Trump is for the black people? No. Why? Because all the things he say in social media, like all the like what, like hating on black people, all the like the things that he won't support and whatnot. Do you have any examples of that? I can't remember like direct quotes or anything like that off the top of my head. But he just says a lot, bunch of radical stuff that just shouldn't be said on social media. Like what? <laughs> I can't think of. Okay, um, let me think. Um, like, I really can't think right now. Yeah, that, those kind of those kind of people make me so fucking mad, dude. I'm just like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're literally just regurgitating some shit. Like I heard somebody the other day, they were talking about Trump needs to stop tweeting if he wants to be the president again. And I'm like, he hasn't been on Twitter in like a year now. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that's somebody who supports Trump. That's who we're up against. You know, like they, they don't know why they hate him. They just know that he's evil and they hate him. It's sort of the same with uh, Putin in Russia, you know, the which is kind of what Tucker talked on the other day where he was just like Putin's evil and he'll kill his own people. He'll kill himself just to prove how evil he is because evil yeah. people just like doing evil. And it's like that's not an explanation of of how a human being behaves, you know, like, I mean, you know, maybe sometimes, but not one that makes it to like leader of a giant country like yeah. he's, there's more to it than all of that. But they don't care. They just know Trump's evil, Putin's evil, Ukraine good, Biden good. Like it's it's an, another example of like whataboutism or whatever. Like what if Biden did the things Trump did, or what if Trump did the things Biden did? Like it's it's just a different world, man. It doesn't matter what Trump does. It's it's bad in all these people's eyes, and the fact yeah. that that we know like even the the mainstream news has touched on the fact that they found cl classified documents that Biden had going back all the way to when he was in the Senate. So not only can if somebody says like Trump took documents, then you can be like, well, Biden took documents. So that's even. But then it's like, oh, Biden didn't even take them when he was president, when he had the power to declassify things. Biden took them when he was a senator. He took classified shit home while he was in in the Senate. And you don't have there's no like he could have declassified it himself. Like there's not that argument there. But it's right. just another example of them not giving a shit. And I think it happened like the Trump Russia stuff didn't really start until people started talking about uranium one, which was like a uranium company that, uh, thanks to Hillary Clinton and like 11 other people whose names I can't think of were on some board and they agreed to sell like a good chunk of the United States's uranium to Russia, I believe, or Ukraine or somebody. I'm pretty sure it was Russia though. And then people online started talking about that. And only then did it get started that Trump's colluding with Russia. 
So it seems like they just kind of do the old flipperoo on every story that comes out. Like people online are like, hey, wasn't Hillary colluding with Russia? And they're like, Trump was. And we're like, hey, didn't Biden take documents that he shouldn't have taken? And they're like, no, Trump did. And we're like, hey, didn't Biden get like paid off or do quid pro quo against Ukraine? And they're like, nope, Trump did that. Like, it's just it's getting ridiculous. And I'm actually surprised that more people aren't jumping on board. But it's just because they hate Trump. It's not because they like Biden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Tucker was talking about the other night. Like, not only does the media lie or when was the thing he did two nights ago? Um But yeah, that's what he was know. talking about. Like, not only not only does the media lie, but the things that they don't talk about, like, you know, all that stuff's come out about JFK and they don't talk about that. All they talk about is Ukraine, uh, climate change, um, Trump, anything that makes him looks it looks makes him look in a bag in negative light. Um, I wrote them all down here. What else was there? Um, climate change. I said that pride uh, shit. Yeah. Gay pride stuff. Um and and what the the thing that all those things have in common is they're largely bullshit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but they don't talk about JFK or nine eleven or the who organized the BLM riots or uh, you know how did Epstein make all that money and how did he die and or UFOs. You know, there's so much stuff that's come out about UFOs and that's they don't talk about any of that shit and that's all way more newsworthy than than all the shit that they constantly put out there. But it's also dying, like we said at the beginning of this podcast. That's why their ratings are in the toilet on almost every platform. And they're not interested in having the truth out there, which is why they got rid of Tucker Carlson in the in the first place. Perhaps. Yeah, I think so. But I also don't... I don't think it matters what they're talking about on like cable news or any cable channel for that matter. Like the numbers are just dwindling, you know, and people don't tune in. Like if they did like Netflix nightly news, which I'm surprised they haven't started yet. Actually, you would think that they would, that just a new episode every evening at five, like the news, it would still be bullshit, you know, like, I don't know yeah. what point I was making, but anyway, before we move on to another subject, let's let uh, one more guy here talk about this Biden shit. And then we've got a video of Biden being asked about it and his response will shock you. No, it won't. <laughs> but hold on. Yeah. Where is this going? They impeached Trump. Are you going to move to impeach Joe Biden? Absolutely. He would need to be impeached. And then once he was impeached, hopefully there'd be some Democrats in the Senate that would recognize how grave the situation is and encourage him to resign like uh, Goldwater did to Nixon. But but once he's out of there, then he would have to be indicted because this is a gross criminal misconduct. And um, and some would even suggest treasonous. But I'm I, I'm holding my my tongue on that just yet. But we have got to find out how extensive this was. And uh, then we have to take action. I mean, enough talk, talk is talk. But if we produce this evidence that we're starting, that's starting to uh, pile up, by the way, it's there's so much evidence, it's voluminous. It's taking everything uh, we have with our staff to go through this. But as it piles up, if it is consistent with where the direction it seems to be headed, he should be impeached. And the Democrats 
cannot defend them with the lies going on that we, we heard earlier this week. They're going to have yeah. to come to grips with this thing. But the thing that sucks about for us as a country is even if they impeach Joe Biden, what's waiting in the wings is even worse. Kamala Harris is even worse than Joe Biden. Yeah. You know? Well, I, maybe they've uh, maybe they've got some dirt on Kamala as well, and they'll bust it out at the at the right moment. But I've and I haven't read this anywhere or or had anyone tell me this, but I've thought for a long time that part of the plan is going to be to have her be president for a while to just show how fucking terrible it can be like worse than Biden. And I um, imagine it's going to happen, but I could be wrong. I don't know. You never yeah. know what's going to happen, I guess, but yeah, sometimes I wish we had a time machine to just get to that point because it starts to wear on you after a while, man. At least it does me. I don't know how you feel about it, but Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how I felt after like the first Avengers movie. I was like, fuck, man, I wish I had a time machine so I could go forward eight years and just see how all this shit wraps up because I know it's going to be badass. And I was right. It was. But yeah, not to get too far off into the weeds here, but uh, it's theorized that uh, Trump is a time traveler. Have you heard that theory? You know, I have, and I know how insane that sounds to people, but if you, I've, I've, I can't speak very intelligently about it because I don't remember it because it's been a while, but like some, some book was written back in the day, like in the 1800s, and the character's name was Trump. Was it Trump? It was Baron Trump. Baron Trump, yeah. That, that, that's not the wildest part of it. The wildest thing <clears throat> is, and I don't know if this is even true, but I've heard it, uh, so a uh, grain of salt or whatever, but uh, someone said that when Nikola Tesla died, uh, who was like super energy creator guy, like uh, had the competing form of electricity that uh, Thomas Edison, was it Edison or Ben Franklin? Edison. Edison. What did Ben Franklin do? He did the key thing. He did something. Anyway. So uh, when Tesla was a fucking genius, weird dude and had all these notes and all this stuff. And, and it's claimed that Tesla said that he had figured out uh, like time dilation or time, whatever, uh, like a looking glass or something like that. So I don't know if it was a time travel thing that he figured out or just a way to like see into the future or see possible futures or whatever. I don't know. But and then he died and they sent... I think the FBI in there or some government company, but the main guy who went in there was Donald Trump's uncle. So he's the guy who looked at all this shit first. So it's theorized that he just fucking bloop, just grabbed a little, you know, a, a notebook or whatever, put it in his pocket and went amongst his business and then developed this time thing on his own. And, uh, you know, you see where, it landed his nephew. I don't know if I don't know if any of it's true, uh, yeah. but I find it interesting. Well, Stephen Hawking thought that time travel was possible and he's, you know, everyone knows how smart he was. And yeah, I'll, I'll have to look up because she talked about it in the fall of Cabal um, at the very end of it, which I almost don't know if she should have even put that in there because it just sounds so insane. But some of the examples that she came up with were with, for why, and it was just her theory, 
about time travel, but some of those things are pretty hard to deny about the books that were written and um, I guess was Trump related to Nikolai Tesla? Is that what you said? No, his uncle was the agent that went into Tesla's apartment first after he died. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, this is all just us talking, but it would also explain how he's able to, he's he's still alive, <laughs> you know, because yeah, right. I, they're like, hey, they, don't go to this place on this date because it doesn't end well. But that's yeah. the, uh, there's the, you know, wacky science version of peering into the future. And then there's the more likely supercomputer version of it. So we've had smartphones since when did the iPhone come out? 2010, 11, something like that. We've had 10 or so years of smartphones. So they've been tracking our, our keystrokes. They've, they know what we click on. They know how long we look at shit. Now that most phones have some sort of facial recognition on it, they're tracking our eyes. They've got cameras on both sides, so they're mapping our world as far as we know. They have all this information on each individual person. So you could, if you had a supercomputer big enough or strong enough or whatever, you could make a simulation of America or even of the world, and you could have every person on it. It would be like playing the game The Sims or Sim City or something like that, except every person involved in it would be real. So then you could test theories on this computer, and you could be like, you know, Trump runs for president. How do people react? And then you could see it, and then you could adjust your actions accordingly so if it's like you know trump comes out and fucking uh calls hillary a, a dumb cunt and then it's like oh only 13 percent of people are still on board if trump says cunt so he's like all right not gonna say that i'm gonna say she's a crooked criminal and it's like oh 66 percent of people like that like you could do that with every move that trump had made if they had that technology and who's to say that they don't you know yeah yeah, well, they probably do. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, something something you said reminded me of the NSA that they have um, they have every everything that the Obama and Clinton and um, Bush and everything that they've ever done. They have them. Uh, they have all their stuff in a file somewhere, a computer file, so to speak. Just like they have every text message we've ever sent. So. You know, yeah. and not those... even every text that we've sent, everything that we've typed, even stuff that we type and then delete, like uh, all keystrokes. And that was my point with uh, facial recognition, like that not only can they see what we type and click on and that kind of shit, they can just see what we look at. If it shows us a, a picture, they can see what part of the picture we our brains choose to look at first, you know. And they yeah. can make realistic simulations based off of that stuff where like the reactions of the simulation are the exact reactions that the people in the real world would have. So that's how they're able to test all these things. And like I said, the, it might all be bullshit, but I've seen enough episodes of Black Mirror to know like we're not far off 
like that the the technology that i've described exists already it's just a matter of like yeah but are they doing it and it's like i don't know probably yeah i bet they probably are i mean i watched some documentary about the aliens speaking of them and and they was talking about how we're supposed to be like a hundred years beyond what where we're at technologically technologically speaking and there are parts of the of our society that probably are, you know, they probably just haven't let most of us in on it, but they probably have all that shit. Yeah. Have you seen uh, do you, you're an iPhone guy, right? Yeah. Did you see the Apple Vision Pro? No. Apple's coming out with a thirty five hundred dollar uh, virtual reality thing, but it's also augmented reality. So like you put it on, you see the real world that's in front of you and then it just adds information to it so you can either just look at like a floating iphone home screen basically that you can touch with your hands there's no remotes or anything it just it has cameras all over it it follows your hands you do that shit to tap on stuff and uh it looks pretty amazing to be honest but it also is tracking your eyes it uses your your eyes, your hands, and your voice to do stuff. So the way that you click on stuff is you look at it and then you tap your finger and it just sees where you're looking at all times. But that's one of those things. It's like, Oh, that's scary. Like we don't need that. But at the same time, if everybody's walking around with these things on, then it just becomes part of normal life. You know, I don't like it, dude. If I could go, if I had a time machine, I would go back to wherever I would have to go back to and I would pull a Hillary Clinton and just smash all this shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I hate it all, man. I wish like, I, I, I wish that about a lot of things. I just, I don't know. I just yearn for a simpler time. Sometimes I just wish it was the 50s. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll come full circle, you know. Maybe we'll get back to that where we... And I guess since we're getting a little off the deep end today, so it's uh, what's the guy's name that was on Joe Rogan that had his uh, documentary on Netflix about like ancient civilizations or whatever that guy, whatever that guy's name is, uh, was talking about like he thinks there were civilizations in the past, you know, tens, 20,000 years ago that flourished and then either decided to do away with what they had or were just killed or you know annihilated by an asteroid or whatever or a giant flood or whatever the case but part of that theory is also like maybe they got to the point that everything was was green like the green new deal style where like <laughs> phones weren't made out of plastic and metal and stuff. They were made out of like biodegradable stuff. The point is like all the technology was super green and using plants and that kind of stuff. So it all biodegraded after a hundred years or whatever. And that's why the only thing that we have left of proof of these civilizations are shit that's made out of stone and stuff. The, the Sphinx and the pyramids and that kind of stuff. And that always, I kind of joked about it on stage before, but it kind of makes sense. That seems like a Donald Trump of the BC Egyptian era thing to do. Just like, I want to build a giant pyramid out of rock. That's never going to go away. 
And they're like, I don't know if that's on the top of our priority list. And he's like, it's on the top of mine. (laughs) So I don't know. I find all that stuff interesting that like we're in the middle of what could potentially lead us to having super technology, like mind reading technology, but it's all going to be like just one tiny little chip in our head that will biodegrade at the same rate that the brain does. Yeah. So if we die, then it just dies with us and all evidence of it dies with us. And so people 10,000 years from now will be like, yeah, I don't know. They, they, we've got these wheels and stuff. They used wheels for sure, but we don't think they had any technology beyond that. Yeah. At the very least, I would love to go back to a time where, you know, things, things that were quality got got pushed around rather than all the bullshit that that's out there right now like i'm not going to mention any names um but the, the comedically maybe selfishly as a comedian i'm like ah, can we just get back to genuinely people funny genuinely funny people getting noticed instead of for bullshit but i don't know if that'll ever happen again or not not in our lifetime well, maybe with people, it might happen again, where actual talent gets pushed to the front instead of identity and, and that kind of bullshit. But as far as uh, technology and stuff goes, like, um, damn it. No, it's gone. Yeah, it happens. Um, <clears throat> we, got about right, we got one more video here. Okay. Um, this is just a quick thing of uh, Biden. Wait, wait. <laughs> Congresswoman Nancy Mace says there's standing evidence that the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to the congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, 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 there we go. That seems like proof to me. Biden says it's malarkey. Ergo, it's all a bunch of malarkey. It's got to be. That guy doesn't lie about anything. I mean, never. He doesn't lie about the death of his own son. He doesn't lie about his uh, college. He doesn't lie about anything. That's all very checkable. I mean, the the guy is just a liar. <laughs> He's just a complete piece of shit. I kind of went off the other night at an open mic about about Joe Biden and what a piece of shit he was, and I wasn't in the right place for it because they all just stared at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was kind of going off about it. It wasn't funny at all either. I was just like, I was just talking about what a piece of shit he is. I think I even brought up his granddaughter that no one knows. People are so ignorant about so much stuff, dude, when it comes to Joe Biden. I'll tell people stuff that I learned years ago, and they're like, I didn't know any of that. I'm like, God, how do you not fucking know that? Yeah. I mean, my sister's the prime example. Like, my sister didn't know that January, what January 6th was. And I was like, the insurrection, the big thing. And she was like, nope. Haven't heard anything about it. And I'm just like, well, of course not, because you're not perusing the news like I do. Like you might watch your local evening news a couple times a week, but they're not coming out and talking about important shit. You know what I mean? But even that, I was like, like, how little news do you watch that you don't even know what January 6th is? Like, I feel like everybody knows what it is, at least, even though people don't agree on what actually happened that day. But uh, but that's a whole nother can of worms. But no, most of America just they want to go to work. They want to hang out with their friends. They want to get drunk. 
and they want to raise their kids or whatever. Like they are not worried about politics and the news and whatever. They know that that old Joe was like our buddy during Obama days. I think I think some I think some of those people are excuse me more frustrating than just about anything are the people who like I saw some guy the other day commenting on like we need to get rid of these older politicians and get some some new people in there with some fresh ideas and I'm like that's just a continuation of all the same bullshit like this goes so much deeper than freaking politics it's not about politics and it's it's about the fact that there are people who run everything in our country which is why i think what what did uh tucker what did he say the other night that um our government has classified over one billion documents one billion how do you call it a, a democracy when over one billion documents have been classified that so in other words they're just going to keep it from the american people and they keep it from the american people whether it be covid or jfk or 9-11 until all the people involved are dead and then they'll throw it out there as kind of a, you know, page 10 news story. And I'm like, that should be the number one fucking, you know, thing that they, that, that the news, if there, if we had a, a real major media anymore, um, would talk about, but they don't, they don't talk about anything that's real. It's all bullshit. That's what I saw on Twitter this morning when I was looking <clears throat> at the, the comments on the Biden memo FBI thing that's coming out. And most of the comments are like, this is old news. Like we heard about this years ago. And then the comments to those comments are like, this literally came out this morning, this memo. And they're like, we've heard about it. Like it's a, tell us something we don't know. Like that kind of, they just brush it off. Like it's not a big deal. But again, once again, for the millionth time, if they had this shit on Trump, he'd be in handcuffs right now. Yeah. I mean, they literally have to make things up to go after him. And there's all these concrete things about Biden, not just his personality and his personal life and Hunter and all that shit, um, but about Ukraine and Burisma and China and everything else. And if they had a, a hundredth of a percent of that on Trump, it's all you would hear about. It's just the most disgusting shit ever all all they have is that they don't like his personality basically yeah all right switch gears here did you hear about the fires and stuff in the in canada um i did a little bit this morning and then you were talking about it before we before we started recording well there's a bunch of fires wildfires i guess going on in canada and so now all that smoke is blowing down into new york and it's gonna they said it's gonna be in washington dc like today or tomorrow or whatever and uh i just i don't know if this is uh, a thing or not but this guy posted a satellite video of fires starting it's from real far away so all you see is the smoke and i think it's like one picture every 10 minutes or every hour or something like that but i just thought it was interesting because all these plumes of smoke start at pretty much the exact same moment here just watch this it's only 20 seconds all of southeast quebec just caught on fire guys all of it See, he's going back and forth. Every one of these little white things insane is a fire. It's a separate fire. So what this guy is saying, basically, without actually saying it or asking it, is 
did somebody purposely start all of these? Are there 30 people in Canada that all planned to light a match at this exact moment to start these fires or, or what the hell's going on here? Insane. Insane. Look at that. The whole thing. All at once. Yeah, I mean, how can that be a fucking coincidence? How? Uh, the According to the comments, uh, there was a weather system that moved through and lightning caused all of them. Jesus. Uh, Which on. I don't buy. No, to me, it seems like 30 to 50 people all in a pre-planned location that's like, all right, start it now. And we don't have the, the exact statistics on what percent of wildfires are started by arson, but I know it's not zero. I, yeah. I, I know it's pretty high. Yeah. And it's not, uh, and uh, let me not say arson. Let me just say by people. Cause a lot of them are just dudes flicking cigarettes or whatever the case, you know, but some of them are legit people purposely starting a fire and then getting in their car and hauling ass out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unattended campfires and shit. But yeah, absolutely, people do it for, you know, I always think of that, uh, I always think of that fire alarm I pulled when I was first starting comedy. I'd been to, into it a couple years and I was drunk as hell and I pulled this fire alarm and maybe I shouldn't even be ad admitting it 20-something years later. But I remember sitting in the lobby and watching all these people come down and uh, all I could think was, I caused all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? Um, I don't even remember exactly. I, I, I feel like I should, I shouldn't have even said anything. Okay. Was it a comedy club though? Or just like a place? No, it was a hotel. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 So, and, but I committed a federal offense that I guess I'm admitting now 20 years later, but they have no clue where it was or anything. And I don't remember I was drunk. So the NSA me. probably does. They yeah. probably know exactly where it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is, I can see where you're coming from, where it's like, I bet the guy who orchestrated 9-11 had that exact same feeling on a different level, was just like, I orchestrated all of this. I'm yeah. causing all of these people to react the way that they are right now. I did that. And yeah, yeah. it's probably the same for a guy who starts a forest fire. He's probably yeah. like, I fucking did this. I'm sort of looking forward to... Um the 9-11 anniversary because we're going to have a show strictly dedicated to 9-11. And I feel like it's something that should be, we should wait until then, even though I want to talk about it all the time. It's my favorite topic to talk about, but 9-11 is one of those things that Tucker touched on very briefly in his thing. But if, if everyone, I feel like it's something that if everyone would just realize that it was a freaking lie and that the official story is a crock of shit, then everyone could come together. And some of the stuff that you say to people, speaking of being brainwashed and all that, they're just some things you can say to someone and you're like, you feel like it's going to be this bombshell for them. And then it's just not, they just, they just look at you like you're crazy. And you're like, the official story is what's fucking crazy. Dude, like, I mean, if you look into any of that stuff, I think I, I came across a video the other day that I may have sent it to you that Rogan came across about Donald Rumsfeld and the 2.1 trillion and the the 
it yeah, was a, it was a missile. It wasn't no freaking plane that went through 16 feet of steel reinforced concrete to hit the very room Rumsfeld said two trillion went missing from the day before 9-11. I mean, there there's like a hundred stories like that when it comes to that particular date. And if people just realize that 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 is true, the official story is bullshit, then maybe they, it would be easier for them to get on board with the deep state and all the stuff that we believe. But I don't know, yeah, man. But, but maybe that's part of the plan also is like <laughs> if everyone had been shocked awake after 9-11, then the deep state would have still been in control of the news of all the corporations of all this shit. They would have just shut us down maybe violently as opposed to just telling us that we're idiots and that we have to shut up, which is kind of what they did or just made us feel like we had to stop talking about it because of, uh, alienation or embarrassment or whatever. But, um, yeah, that just anytime I think about something like that, it leads me back to QAnon shit, which is like it had to happen this way. This is the only way it could happen on this timeline, like which, again, just points to looking glass, future peering sort of technology or magic or that yeah. kind of stuff. Like they looked at a thousand different scenarios and this is the one that leads to the most people staying alive and being filled with the truth and, and then left with like a purpose uh, or patriotism or whatever after that. Cause if they just came out and they were like, Oh, I mean, basically the stuff that most people know, you know, the U S gets in wars to make money and goes after innocent countries and, and they just want gold and, and oil and that kind of stuff. And they're using their government to, to keep the world in the palm of their hand and that kind of shit. Like if you tell somebody that today, they're like, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see that like that yeah. makes sense to me. But once you start getting into like, no, it was this person doing this on this date. They're like, nah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good, a good, I'm not sure if this would be a good place to close out our podcast or not, but Q post four, eight, two, two is pretty relevant to, I'm not sure what the date is. Maybe I'll show it, but I pulled this up earlier today cause I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned this post and it brought this up, which says what happens if Biden became POTUS knowing he through Hunter plus one took massive amounts of bribes to change Look the other way, U.S. policy towards Ukraine in favor of Ukraine. Would Ukraine own and control the White House? Q. And that was October of 2020. So that, whoops, that's just one of those things that you, you read and you're like, well, shit, man. I mean, is, you know, that, that, that to me points, that's one of those things that proves that Q is not just some crazy conspiracy theory, you know? And I'm not familiar with all the Q posts, but there's a lot of those. Yeah, and they all, Q said multiple times, like, future proves past. And so that means, like, I'm going to be saying shit right now that's not going to make sense right now. But down the line, you're going to be able to read this and look back and know that I knew what the fuck I was talking about. The post after the one that you just read says... Only the illusion of democracy, only the illusion of for the people. For the first time in a long time, our president stands with and for the people. All assets deployed. 
So that's Q saying they're going to fucking try everything. They're going to bring this guy down with yeah. whatever they can. Yeah, which, you know, that's that's the scary thing is that, you know, sooner than later, they're going to have to break out the mother of false flags to hide the shit they've done. And that's that's what's scary. But if you listen to, you know, pro-Trump people, then then Trump and the Patriots have have a plan for for when that happens, too. So we just have to pray to God that that's true. Otherwise, who knows what they're going to pull? Yeah, but that's another thing that Q said is like, you're safe. Like, this is the safest way for everybody to avoid World War Five or whatever. Yeah, which is from Family Guy, where it's like, no, it's World War Five, Lois. It's so big that it skips over three and four. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we should probably wrap it up unless you got something else you want to say before we get out of here. Nope, I don't. If anybody that came to watch my taping and stuff is uh, is watching, I want to just say thanks for coming. We had awesome audiences, and and it was great to see so many people that uh, I haven't seen in a long time and people that I saw the last time that I was in town who just come without fail every time, and those people are awesome. And, uh, and yeah, um, my, I don't know when the next detail i will have on this special is going to be but uh the guys are working on it now they're working on editing and and mastery and whatever all that shit that they're doing and and then we'll get like a good version of it that i can look at and decide if i want to move stuff around or not and then we will figure out if we're going to try to sell it to a company or if we're just going to put it on youtube or or what's going to happen but the hard part for me at least is done now. So it's yeah. a big weight off my mind. That's awesome, dude. Um, and like Bill Burr told me whenever I, I told him, Hey, I filmed my thing and it went well. And he's like, that's great, Tim. Now write another one. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm going through my notes and I'm like, all right, can't talk about that anymore. Can't talk about that anymore. Like, I, or yeah. at least I can't recite that same joke again, you know? Yeah. Well, and also uh, to close this out, I'll be at JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona, June 16 and 17. That's Friday, Saturday. There's four shows. So if you're close to that area and you want to come see me do comedy, that's where I will be. Yeah, that's a great room. It's a it's small and intimate, and I killed every show there. Yeah, me too. Except it was I think great. What what are the dates that you're there again? June 16 and 17. Next Friday, Saturday. All right. My sister and my brother-in-law live there. I don't know if they, uh, I'll tell them to, to come see. I don't know if they will or not. They got kids and jobs and all that shit, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, that would be cool to have my family come see you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Let them, let them know. I'll get them tickets if they want. All right. All, all right. right. Cool. Well, good episode. Uh, peace out everybody. Yeah.